0: Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv RollTogetherRPG schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. And welcome to Talk Together. That's right, Talk Together. Not talking is a free action. We'll get into why in a little bit. Uh, welcome. We'll, this stream will be running for about an hour. Uh, Chris is with me. We're going to be we chatting about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, before we get started, we should talk about our sponsors and supporters. And thank you very much to all the Hero Forges, Ultra Bros, Phoenix Dice, Alchemy RPG, Idle Champions, Neverwinter, Elderwood Academy, and D&D Beyond. Thank you all very much. Much. thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. You're all smashing, wonderful, beautiful people. Um and you can find it yes, the heart the heart shape. I can't. <laughs> Cur- <laughs> you just curve your hands. Like I've never been able to scene. do
1: it. I don't I don't know.
0: <laughs> make a C shape. No, Chris, we're gonna go through this now. You yeah. make a C shape. You have to do it. Thumbs together. Easy. And then you tilt it. But like point your thumbs a little bit. Thumbs. There you go. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I've got massive this- hands. I, I can never do the hand thing, so with gigantic hands.
0: Well, the the other one that all the cool kids, I am told, are doing nowadays is like a little thumb and finger cross that's like a little tiny heart.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, number one, I have no manual dexterity at all. This is just, okay. I'm famed for having zero manual dexterity. And also, I have really, really big hands. I've got a ridiculous wingspan oh, and I've got ridiculous hands. So, like I should often find- be
0: more like.
1: More no, it gives maneuverability. You less. Like, okay, so for example, you will have noticed, people always notice, that I tend to palm my mugs because <laughs> I can palm my mugs. That's a normal-sized mug and that's yeah. m- how big my hand is on a normal-sized mug. But for some reason, like being able to carry four plates is all very well and good, but being able to do like, I can't sew. I can't even thread a needle. It's impossible. No yeah, so The benefits
0: no of skills. having small hands.
1: No like, th- This
0: is this is a uh, like a thimble-sized Alba. <laughs> <It's
1: laughs> I'm just very small. small. It's not <laughs> that <laughs> small. <laughs> so I think we have a good comparable I mean, the we'll often see is a D20. Like that is yes. a normal-sized D20 in my massive mitts.
0: Oh, that this is well, this is actually a large yeah. D20. Oh, okay, well, this that's... is one of the Phoenix Dice ones, which is
1: yeah.
0: a little bit large,
1: yeah. just goes yeah. to show
0: my small hands. Anyway, uh, that's how much we love our D20 club. Uh, <laughs>
1: off piste already good start yeah. everyone
0: <laughs> you're great people and uh, they they do things like help us run a wiki and a discord and, and oh, yeah. our, our community and we love them very much yes, um, so, so thank you all uh, if you are new to us and you would like to find us on socials or podcasts or elsewhere search for Roll Together RPG you'll likely find us
1: you know, when I started working in marketing years ago, um, telling people to just search for your brand name was like a massive no, 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 no. You have to give them direct instruction. But as he says, just just search for it. Yeah,
0: it's all changed. I mean, this is, you know, people are slightly more branding canny nowadays, True. and chances are, if you are putting something out into the public realm, if you have not carefully thought about your website URL, and, mm. and I know we don't have one, but your, um, your socials and making sure that they are the same. Well, and if you're doing Twitch or YouTube and making sure they are the same.
1: Well, um, it's SEO, search engine optimization, but it's all yeah. part of the same thing. It's why we don't have a website, because all it would do is direct people to a funnel to all of our other outlets, which are already interconnected with each other it's um uh it's the, this web 3.0 web 4.0 theories it is very boring but um yeah marketing it's, it's a thing
0: do we have a link tree
1: we do have a link tree yeah because that yeah. way it's That's got a hate. mobile connection yeah exactly it reconnects everything so
0: there you go yeah well that uh thrilling insights into <laughs> hand sizes and seo uh is probably a little bit indicative of how this this chat is gonna gonna go uh you know it, it's it's friday night except it's not it's uh it's a thursday afternoon
1: thursday afternoon
0: (laughs) we're drinking tea and water let's get into it cheers Cheers. (laughs) um so chris
1: yeah i
0: don't know if you've heard
1: (laughs) it's the elephant in the room isn't it
0: (laughs) There's some like there's some news about mm. some dice rolling game that mm. a lot of us play quite a lot of. It's been yep. in the news quite a lot lately.
1: Yep, 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 yep. There is it has it has. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to know, Natalie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you feel about that?
1: Oh, you know. Crap. Mm. Honest answer? Crap. It's crap. Um I'm really happy to add our names to the voices of people like um, Jerry from Mac Inc and Mark from um, High Rollers and um, Ginny and some other D&D creators out there in saying categorically and very clearly D&D do not pay us to make our shows. They never have. They've supported us, they've marketed for us, they have helped us secure sponsorships and that sort of thing, but um, we've never received a penny from them. And. That's not because they're awful people or because they don't care about streaming, they do. It's because they don't tend to fund or get that involved in it. It's not really their bag. Like The conversation about the OGL at the moment very specifically does not affect streaming. They are completely separate things. We're covered by, I think, all the fan content policy. It's a whole different thing thingamajig. Um, that isn't to say that we don't care about this OGL stuff. 'Cause it affects so many people who we play with, who we know, who watch the shows, who engage with us and the community that we are part of. So yeah, like I think that's an important first step to make talking about this. Um we've been sponsored by D Beyond in the past, before they were belonging to Watsy, um, that was financial. Um, but at the moment, um it's just a quid pro quo. And we're currently not posting about D Beyond as much because frankly we don't get it drawn into the mess because it's what it is now, it's a mess. Um, there's, I mean, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, that's uh, Thursday the 19th. Um, there's a lot of competing messages out there about what's actually happening. I don't particularly want to get drawn into a, they said, they said here's what happened, there's no need. It, it, it's on the internet. If you'd like to know more about it, it's all over Twitter, please. Search to your heart's content. Um, it's particularly difficult when you're looking at a brand who have not treated you very professionally in the past. That's us as a company and me personally. Um, That isn't to say that they're bad people, this isn't as easy as that, but they have their own agenda and sometimes it's corporate and all of this feels extremely corporate. Um, It doesn't take a scientist or an economist to look at their Hasbro's official (laughs) records Mm-hmm. how much money they make and note quite how much of d ds annual revenue, which is fine,
0: yeah.
1: turns into Hasbro's profit. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a money system. Hasbro have worked out that What's- he makes them a lot of money and are therefore pumping it for money. We've seen it in Magic the Gathering with the um, mm-hmm. infamous now uh, printing of <sighs> uh, $1,000 cards that are worth nothing. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Great. It's lovely. Um, and now with the d Beyond stuff and with uh, d d in general and the OGL, I don't know what's true anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they are going to raise their prices drastically or cut off homebrewing unless you pay them or kill off other VTTs, I don't know. I, and I don't think anyone, apart from people working for here right now, can categorically say that they do or don't know what is happening what we can do is look at indicators and the indicators have been there for a while and they're now becoming stronger the writing's on the wall mm-hmm. what's he want to edge out competition they want to lock you into doing their thing on their channels and in a sense, from a business perspective, I can't actually blame them for that because that is what a business does. Like, Mm -hmm. I imagine a lot of the um, execs, because they are, this is the problem, are looking at this going, why are they so angry about this? This is how video games work. This is how, um, you know, any other possible game that you engage with on the internet these days works. Why are people so intransigent here? I think it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what this community is, which is... also
0: what D
1: is. Yeah, DD in and of itself, as well as the people who are involved in making it, because it's not just Wizards of the Coast who are involved in making it. it doesn't, it's not how it works. And by using a license that was free to use with some caveats, they made it a community project with limitations and restrictions and trademarks and all the rest of it. I, I don't think this is the way to stop doing that. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they, they, they want to. Maybe this is the point where they go, we're done. This is where we draw the line. I think we're doing enough shit, now we don't need your shit as well. Okay, maybe don't do that by issuing NDAs. Maybe mm-hmm. don't do that by saying, here's the new license, take it now, or you won't get the sweetheart deal that you'll get later. These are things that have happened. There's evidence that it's happened. Maybe don't send non-disparagement orders out to people saying, if you talk about us negatively, we have the right to cancel contracts, take away your money, etc." Because that's a corporation covering its ass. And all of these statements over the last couple of days as a corporation covering its ass, Mm -hmm. desperately. And I've seen some of this floating around on Twitter. I think it's quite a good place to point out why this is important. Of course they are. They're not in a great position. Not with this, not with D&D, not with the OGL. I mean, that's not fantastic. That's bad. They're in a worse position over here, which is the Hasbro block. Mm -hmm. Their stock tanked by 40 percent last year and because of the magic thing because an independent contract thing. of the bank of america said look at this stock they're over subscribing they're pushing this way too hard this is not real money
0: mm-hmm.
1: at which point the whole thing started to go down for cliff so of course they're consolidating of course trying to build up more money from the thing they make money out of because that way their stock can rise it's notable that throughout all of this ogl mess the stock has not really shifted it's gone up a bit down a bit like it's just normal stocks and shares movements mm-hmm. The reason why was made pretty clear in the Magic the Gathering um, fireside chat, which is mostly about d for reasons best known to Wotzy. Um Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where it was said pretty categorically that d d is a lifestyle brand. It's not a, it's not an RPG. It's not a TTRPG. It is a lifestyle brand. They are looking at it in in marketing terms. You talk about quadrants, looking as a four quadrant brand. They can push Mm -hmm. it to all sorts of different people. The gamers themselves, small fry. They're not gonna make that much money out of it. A movie, the the movie, that has to go well now. Mm -hmm. That has to make them, that has to be another Transformers. That has to be another My Little Pony. There has to be something where they can point at it and go, shareholders, look, look at how much money these brands can make and how many toys we can sell. Because is it any surprise in the last week, we've also had new Funko Pops of um, d characters from the games, new plushies mm. of d d characters from the movies. This is all part of a brand expansion where players fall by the wayside. Yeah. It's not important to them.
0: I'm sorry, I, this is completely off tangent, but mm-hmm. are you listing My Little Pony amongst that list, I get where you're coming from because, mm-hmm. again, toys to uh, to narrative on-screen mm-hmm. products. But I, I instantly, my brain went: has there been a My Little Pony movie? And then instantly started imagining some kind of modern style, like <laughs> CGI meets live action, the action, the just nonsense explosions film. We,
1: we can, anyway. but, we can, but dream. That sounds amazing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just gritty horses being like, yeah, magic, friendship. Anyway.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure, and don't quote me on this because I'm no expert, but I believe there's been seven, mostly direct to um, stream release and that sort of thing. But they make gangbusters. People Mm. love them. And Mm. it is things like that where Hasbro can point at them and say, this is why we spend that much money on this silly game for nerds, (laughs) because it's a lifestyle brand and we can sell shit tons of product off the back of it. Are they trying to align DD more into that model, that metric that they have? There's a thing floating around about something called Hasbro Blueprint, which is apparently a big old company plan to get all of their products aligned like this. I'm sure it's something like that. None of this has anything to do with gamers. And there was a thing said around the time when Magic 30 was printed, or these $999 boxes for nothing. This product isn't for you. Mm-hmm. God, I said a lot. It was uh, um, it was all over um, the professor Telerian Academy and for um, I don't think the command zone people said it, but yeah, it was all over the sort of mm, shared media of around this sort of thing. This product is not for you. I don't think Watsy think of D and D as a TTRPG and look at players and think this product is not for you. You can play all you wish. We're really glad you enjoy this small fry part of our business, but the lifestyle brand, the the things we can get huge amounts of money from investors and, and shareholders from, this product's not for you. They're not making a movie for us. They're making a movie for randos off the street to maybe hopefully get slightly more invested and buy one or two books. Magic the Gathering, has made more money out of Arena, the online free-to-play, get some free cards, and then hopefully buy one or two more version of Magic, and they have out of the paper printing for a while now. They even said it in this fireside chat again, Arena's been a much better way of acquiring new players, because hmm. it's easy. And they're not wrong, that's how it works.
0: Do you know how well... I, I appreciate you probably had other points to... Uh, no, no, it's fine. Do you know how well... Books and expanded universe uh, novels and that kind of thing do set no. in Faerun.
1: I don't. I don't have. I'm, I'm not. I don't have stats and figures. I know that the best-selling book they've ever had was Critical Role one, apart from the main uh-huh. source books. It's unsurprising in a way, and yeah, yeah. maybe this is all. I mean, it, it feels. Apt to say that there's a lot of this, a lot of their comment around the OGL has been about um, getting rid of corporate um, uh, enemies, people who are getting in the way of their, their work and what they want to do. Of course, Critical Role's on that list. I mean, can you imagine how you'd feel as a DD exec watching Critical Role success and going, why aren't we in on the ground level? Mm-hmm. That should have been our show. That should have been our TV deal with Amazon. That should have been, that should have been. And it should have been. And if I was a Hasbro exec looking at What's the execs, I'd be going, what the hell are you doing? I think that's totally valid. But that also means that What's the execs looking at themselves and going, why did we discredit third parties so much? Why do we look at it as armchair designers, a term um, used in a recent email? Why do we look at it as randos doing stuff on the internet that we don't care about? It's not important. Like mean, I was at events, well, virtually, where... Um, third party was spoken about in the kind of uh, splitters kind of thing from Monty Python, like, they didn't care. It was all, no, we've done a big event. It's not the biggest DD stream in the world though, is it lads? Like it was, it was very clear that there, there was a disconnect there between what they wanted to present to the world as their baby, their show, their thing that they had done. And to be told, yes, but Marvel exists effectively. Um, from my perspective we can't change what we do quickly because there's too many of us we record shows months in advance mm-hmm. and we're not going to um i stand by something that i've read on the internet that i agree with fully what is not dnd they own the trademark they can say that you can't say the word DD, but good luck policing that. Um,
0: well, good luck policing people sitting around a campfire and telling stories to each other. Exactly. that's what you're trying to do.
1: Exactly. And um, as has been established by a couple of different people, you can't trademark a game system. You can't copyright a game system. It doesn't exist. It was... Um,
0: D- D20s have existed for
1: thousands of years. That's an Egyptian one I saw. A yeah. One, an ancient egyptian one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing much they can do about that. If what it means is we need to go through and change the names of all of the classes and all of the whatevers or move all of our adventures off Fairune, so be it, frankly. I'm I think that's achievable, don't you? I think we can just shrug and go, well, let's let's move on to Pastures Greener if we need to. Um, Do you
0: think it's achievable to make an entirely new campaign setting that's not in <laughs> and and tell stories in there instead, Chris?
1: To be fair. That campaign setting and the way that we're doing it is a necessary departure. I'll get to that later, but it's a longer conversation, but it is a necessary departure from what we've been doing beforehand, because it's an attempt to um, look at things from a different angle. Um, I think what we'd need to do is find some other way to go generic fantasy plonk, plonk. <laughs> That's what it would be. And it would be a little like, um, like meta as all fuck, but I think we could handle it. I think it'd be fine. Yeah. And the people who love watching people play d d not just us, will keep watching people play D&D, regardless of what they do, and that's fine, and that's the way that it should be. And as long as third-party content very explicitly says this just has no connection to the game that we can't talk about ever at any point, who cares? There is no way to easily police that. Now, they might start putting up massive court cases, I'm sure Paizo so would be the first target if they did, but I don't think they can afford it. Hmm. D&D Beyond cost them $140 million. And it didn't cost What's the $140 million? It cost Hasbro $140 million. If the movie tanks, which I'm not sure, I, I'm, I'm no judge of these things, and names like Chris Pine do a great job of bringing in audiences regardless of the content. So I don't know. Um, I do think this is going to have a considerable further backlash over time. It feels very much like the 3.5 to 4e transition, when it was all up in the air, when they tried to not rewrite the OGL, try to publish a new one, it didn't work, when fourth edition didn't really land, people didn't love it, and Pathfinder just said, well, just use this, thank you very much for your time, and kept going. Um, I can see all of that. I don't feel I don't feel like we're going to change systems hugely. And that's not to keep supporting Watsy. far from it. But it's because it's a system for storytelling that we as players all understand and that our audiences, we know, understand. Yeah. I find the rules to be secondary to the storytelling, frankly. And um, if the rules mean we have a structure, which we can tell our stories, what could he do? If that structure needs to have a different name, so be it but um, I'm not looking to jump across to other game systems for a variety of very boring reasons. One being learning new game systems is hard. One being learning how to change all of what you've planned to do into another system is also difficult. And because other game systems, and I don't mean to be completist about this, have their own problems. I'm not gonna say anything else about that, but let's not look at all of them and go, hooray, they're all the good guys now. Go, mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I play a variety of different mm. TTRPGs, not just DD. In fact, D&D was one of the last ones I came to. Um, Hang apart on, from, no,
1: very important. Split, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: actually, well, no, I'll correct that. I, I played a couple of one-shots back in university, which I, I have no idea which edition it was. Probably third.
1: You and I are some sort of age, yeah, third, yes. probably.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that that's kind of it hmm. um, and i think yeah there's there's pluses and, and and minuses to all systems yeah if you've got the right group of people who are into it you can tell whatever story you like using whatever you don't you don't need dice you just tell stories but people don't necessarily want to watch but people it's just improv game. stories yeah it's also in front a game of the camera. yeah
1: but the aspect of it being a game for me is what takes it beyond yeah. The theatrical, it takes it into the aspect of, because um, you, you you know, actors can improvise a story. Oh, that's not difficult, not difficult, is it? The ability to go within... It's
0: quite, a, it's a trained skill, actually.
1: You know what yeah. I mean. It's not It's not rocket science, yeah. like, as long as you pick up a couple of, like, yes, ending rules and just move on, you're fine. Um, it's more that within this framework, we know some more about this world because we have this framework, which is useful, because yeah. it gives us a structure in which to improvise inside. And then with dice rolls, we get to go, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to try this. Yeah. And the dice roll allows it to be a, well, it went horrifically wrong. Now what? Or it did exactly what you wanted it to. Now what? And there's a very boring ludonarrative conversation about dice performing a yes and and a no but version of events. But yeah. I think the game aspect of it is important, and I think a game that everyone understands the rules is important, Mm -hmm. because there's a thing that Chris Cox said, who is the, uh, I believe the president? I don't know. They've all got these titles. I don't know. Chris Cox is a very important person with WOTC. There we go. Maybe in charge. In charge. Maybe in charge of Hasbro. I don't know. I think he gave an interview uh, as part of the fireside chat, I think, can't remember where he was talking about his job and how people talk to him about his job. Mm -hmm. And if he talks about, I'm the president of Watsy or whatever it is, they go, what's that? They've no idea what that is. Why would they at a dinner party? If he says, I'm the, uh, we make magic, the gathering, he said three out of 10 people will have super intense conversations with him about it. And the other seven will go, well, I'm excluded and walk away from the conversation because they don't know anything about it. Like either you are in or you are out. Magic is very clear on that structure. If he says we make Dungeons and Dragons, everyone has a connection, a small, sometimes, oh, my boyfriend used to play that, oh, my partner used to play that, oh, there's that TV show, oh, there's that video game, et cetera. It is an understood connection, and 5e Mm -hmm. took that understood connection and went, we can now all do it, because 5e, last we forget, and people seem to forget this, the first book was written, co-written by Kobold, people who now Mm go off running their own system, 5e was, D&D was in such a state when 5e was being launched, they had to get outside third-party writers to even begin to make it something what it is today, and they seem to have forgotten that entirely, which is some bullshit. Mm. Yeah. But that's why. D&D is a yeah. known structure. We can tell stories yeah, yeah. in this direction, go to natural an twenty. And I think it's fair to say that even those who don't have much of a concept for what we do will still understand what that means. that, that is good. Yeah. That means you have over-exceeded in what you tried to do, or that's a nat one. I understand what that means.
0: Yeah. You know? The the other benefit, I guess, of streaming uh DD in particular,
1: hmm.
0: not just the the game mechanics but the fact that and i know we have fracture which again we'll, we'll talk about but the mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of the stories we tell are set in Feyrune, yes. and for those who want to and you don't have to but for those who want to there is a whole wiki bigger than ours infinitesimally large of lore that you can get stuck into and and find out who that god is what who they pissed off yeah. why that's important um I, doing myth, When we recorded Myth Draenor, mm. I'd never played an elf before and I absolutely loved deep diving into all of that, but it, it's not necessary. You can, you can play whatever you like, yeah. but for those who have watched other streams that are set in that world and come and watch ours, they, there's still those moments of, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I know where that place is in their version of this world.
1: There is a clear understanding to my mind of how having a collective law for a world enhances gameplay, over-inhibiting it. I know the WOTC Design team and I disagree on this, and that's totally fine. Um, Because from from my perspective, going, oh, that character is related to this other character you heard of a long time ago, most people won't care. And most people will go, I don't understand that reference, but it doesn't really feel like I need to understand it to tell my story, mm-hmm. which is fine. If I'm outside of that construct and trying to make that kind of reference, I have to explain it. Or it has to be a reference yeah. that only we understand, Yeah. and accessibility is a big word that gets used around a lot of things to do with D&D, but one of the accessibility things that we started out doing, and I'm very proud of, is that you can hopefully watch any stream that we do and go, I understand what's going on here. I don't need to have watched the past 40 hours. I don't need to have um, caught up online in a thousand different readings of things. I can just watch this, and even without the context clues of some of these things, I still get what's going on. Like, you can't create that in a vacuum. You cannot have someone come in and go, I understand what these things are in a vacuum, but there's there's cultural understanding, there's zeitgeist understanding, and there's just law that we all go, Yoink, thank you. That gives us a lot of material to work off and build with. But that's also a point of complex legal conversations, one of the reasons why this is happening. Mm-hmm. The OGL kind of says that's fine to do, but we're not bound by that. We're bound by the fan policy, but we also make money. Complicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hence exploring mm-hmm. uh, other potential uh, worlds as What's well a segue.
1: what a, look, what a great host that is everyone just note that again it was a beautiful segue into like another conversation point it's great stuff great stuff so fracture. fracture 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 what do you want to you um uh
0: when when you first started because i know this is i'm i seeing a little bit behind the scenes cuz I'm on <laughs> the, the discord channels even though i'm not involved in that uh, that particular production um, obviously you have a, a working document or, yes. with some well building mm-hmm. ideas um we we three episodes in now. So it's no spoiler yes. to say that this is a world and if you've not watched the first three episodes, go 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 and watch at least the first one. Um th- this was world there's that-
1: recaps. There's recaps about yeah. a minute or two of each episode from one of the player characters, or in some case my perspectives, um mm. coming there's they come out just before each show every week. So if you want to catch up, you can watch it before diving into the next one. That is again part of the accessibility thing. We don't want to create the um also, i will turn the critical role problem i don't mean that harshly i know it's a, i don't know how they fix that of um hey can i watch this show sure there are 100 episodes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's tarrying oh.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I, i've got no idea i started watching in campaign three and i just dip into the wiki to look up references i don't know um right <laughs> anyway <laughs> fracture hours yeah. Yeah. Our, story. our story um it's no spoiler I think at this point hopefully to say that this is a world in which people do not die in the Correct. normal way. Yes. Um, when did you start because I have a feeling you didn't go ah we like, we need to do a long-term campaign and take it somewhere new. Mm-hmm. What should we do? Ah people I, I feel like that's an idea that you've maybe had been toying with
1: previously. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to start off by saying there's a lot of credit due here to a third edition book called Ghost Walk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ghost Walk was a campaign setting, was a, uh, when they used to release sort of other settings as part from Faerun and Greyhawk, where they went, here's just a whole setting in one book, where the whole idea was that there was a world of the living, world of the dead, and Ghost Walk, the town of, was the place where they connected, and therefore mm-hmm. ghosts walked amongst people, etc. There were rules for how player characters could become ghost versions themselves, feats going only go if you were a ghost, all that sort of thing. and. I liked it when I was young. I remember reading it and going, "This is some mm, meaty or mummy juiciness," but also going, "I think they've limited themselves by this one intersection point, because by that definition, I know it's very hard indeed. Because I kill a monster, it's still alive. You get yourself into messes very quickly." Mm-hmm. But I thought about it and thought, "Hang on, wind that back a bit." There's no reason that death has to be finite. Let's face it. In D&D, it isn't. Mm -hmm. So why not just draw a line under it and go, nope, gone? Mm -hmm. That was not the starting point. It's one of the starting points. There is a wider thing that has happened in the world that I can't talk about because we haven't discovered it in world yet. And I'm not even sure if and when we will, you know? There is a bigger theme to this world that I have not gone into great detail in, and I don't want to go into great detail into it because I I want it to be the kind of thing you discover through through time picking up morsels, um, that is a bigger thought I have about D&D in general, which is about divinity. It is about what it means and how it functions in a world and what it does to a world. And I wanted, in Fracture in particular, to go what if we do something bold with that and then see all the repercussions of it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is all the repercussions of it, What <laughs> you the world they are experiencing. This so far, and it's fair to say, will be ongoing mess of a world. What's happened to it? Why is it like this? Because it doesn't seem nice. <laughs> it isn't. Yeah and seeing how they can start to piece together why it is the way it is, and what's happened to make it the way it is, and how it's affecting them as people in this world. And then also going just for rules extrapolation, well if that spell still works, then how does that make sense with this? And pieces like that, putting those pieces together, then was a lot of the groundwork for fitting out how it all works, how it all fits together. I tried, not sure if I succeeded, but I tried. To stick as close to understanding of how DD rules function, i.e., is there still an ethereal plane? Is there still a are there transitive planes? Um, they've already started to discover that these planes might not be accessible from the outside. What does that mean for spells like plane shift? What does that mean for other things and how does the how does it function in a game world? Because a lot of times when I've done Big Homebrew Worlds in home games or tried out something new and a bit different, I've gone, hang on. Which spells do I have to just go? Nope, can't cast it. Mm-hmm. And I tried to leave as many of those out as possible, on the principle that I don't want to overdo this. I don't want to suddenly make it like I have changed the entire game, or on people watching it and the players playing it to go. I still understand how this world works in general, even if yeah. all of the pieces I see are different.
0: Yeah. You don't want to. I mean, I I can't imagine it would uh, go too far to the extreme. But when you start changing the world fundamentally in a way that certain spells don't work, then you start restricting the kinds of classes that people would be interested in playing because some will just not work. Exactly.
1: So trying to find ways that you can change, you can make a big change. You can make a world that has a fundamentally different aspect to it from your standard Faerunian D and D, and go, how is this different? okay now what are all of the implications of that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then doing what i always do and going time for a ton of research and writing down notes and am i going to change anything or am i going to hand wave and it's always fine to hand wave. I say this as a DMing tip to anybody. Hand wave all the time, for God's sake. Does that work? No. <laughs> Can I do this? Can I solve the problem? No. <laughs> Who knows why? It's
0: a mystery.
1: Exactly. But that's okay. Like, I think as a DM, you are entitled to go, not in my world, I'm sorry. And you're entitled to go, you've self-navigated my problem. I'm going to say it doesn't work because I don't want you to. Like, I think you're allowed to. you probably say it better than that. But th- there's an there's an element of that to DMing and to creating your own world where I think it's good to... Make bold choices and then try and work it all out to a point where a player comes to you and says, "I want to do X," and you go, Shit. "Hang on, X is really similar to Y, Z, and A. It's this. You can't do it, or it's this. Therefore, it's different." Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but it takes uh, it, it takes give and take from. But I hate how I worded that. <laughs> it requires it it. It nurtures off give and take from both player and DMs yes. though when you're going into uh, when you're playing in a homebrew world you have to understand that you know the, the the DM this is ultimately okay for us we get paid but ultimately this is a hobby mm. and something that people get incredibly invested in for sure Absolutely. and take a lot of pleasure in doing for sure however your DM chances are <laughs> uh, has not spent eight years writing the rules no and uh, and playtesting every single possible outcome. and uh, and things. So, you know.
1: Not unless, not unless they're super obsessive.
0: We don't know anyone like that. No, though, no. Right? no. no, no. So, so just, you know, this is a casual friendly reminder to be, be nice and uh, collaborative, that is also collaborative true, yeah. storytelling.
1: <laughs> well, that's one of the nice things about this, because as you said, there is a document and that's shared amongst all the DMs for the yep. channel because... <laughs> I want the other DMs to have not ownership is such a big word because of course they don't, I wrote it, but to have a sense that their input is part of the world. Because, well, yeah, I mean,
0: you, you posted it, and then uh, not in a nasty way at all, in a collaborative, constructive way. Immediately, I think it was like Sean and Ali were like, "But how does this work? And how about this? But this, 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 and this." And there's two there's two different. examples
1: of two DMs who do that thing as well, where they go, "But hang on, I've noticed I've noticed the edge case, and that's good." Like Ali's yeah, yeah. amazing again, even as a player, going, "Here's the edge case, you all go, oh damn it but that's that's kind of the point and they're really good at that and it also meant that then the response to that wasn't oh I don't know it was let me ever think about it and how about we do this as a group that way we can all enjoy that later because in an ideal world I want other DMs to feel like they can DM in this world as well and we have two concurrent Mm -hmm. shows where one is I mean for now Faerun and um, things people will go I can kick into that and just go yes that's great I love it and this one's more of a oh interesting new world new building what are they doing Mm-hmm. I like that idea, I'm not sure if that will happen, I hope that will happen. Um, I also wanted a bigger conversation, we started planning for this when we started hearing about the OGL news, let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. We started planning about this and we knew there might be a problem, having yeah. a world we can transpose things into seemed like a good idea. It then grew into a, I don't think we're that connected to it, I think we're probably fine anyway, and yeah. but um, yes. Of course you should adapt your storytelling ideas to befit the world around you and the changes happening in it. This was one of them. <laughs> mm.
0: Is there anything about mm-hmm. Fracture that's not going to be a big fundamental spoiler? But because, I mean, you've we for Fracture, it's recorded sl- even more slightly further ahead yes. than usual. Yes. Um, so, so you recorded episode five or six by now? seven seven yeah is there anything coming up any little moments any npcs or character mo- pc character moments that Ooh. you're like oh that's really lovely and i'm very excited for everyone to see Sorry. i really i i really like the penguin
1: oh little dowas second
0: episode.
1: Yeah. They, i mean dowas are oh hello. they are they are creatures that exist in Spelljammer lore a lot of the um sync where they are now a lot of that first world is a lot of Spelljammer stuff crash landed on this space because it's kind of the vibe of the sink and the whole point of that is to have a bunch of the rando weird shit that DD is very good at doing um when they go into the world proper it's a bit more like there's <laughs> a bit less sporadic so not sure if we'll see any more dough well i'm going have to keep adding them in because they're fun um oh okay there's a bit later where i first give the cast like a sense of size, scope, and scale of a faction that may or may not be villainous and it's unclear. Mm-hmm. Where I remember DMing it and all of them going, you, what? <laughs> <It's>, how big? <laughs> like, just going, you, it's doing what now? And it's, uh, it's, it's no secret that there are some sci-fi elements in this that it's not entirely fantasy, classic fantasy it's also not entirely sci-fi I'm playing around a lot with um it's not called plastic punk is it what's the uh, retro there's a there's a word for the punk 90s 80s plasticky revolution stuff i don't know what it's called no nah. i I,
0: you- I can't help you it's just the genre of film that i like but i don't know there was like, a, more a like genre
1: well Bra- like brazil and stuff like that it's all that sort of thing where it's all like semi-modern but also like shit um fallout's a bit like that too yeah. um And then there's also one of my favourite genres, which is very, very hard to do because of the historical connections, which is dieselpunk, Mm. which is um, 1930s, 1940s style airships and um, things like that, but so often become Nazis, 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 and Mm -hmm. obviously as a German person, kind of don't like that. So. taking it into a different, a completely different setup and a completely different vibe and going here's a completely different vibe still using this thing that I like, like a lot of Studio Ghibli films are um, dieselpunk mm. and work in that kind of form and I do where dieselpunk smashes into fantasy quite hard. Castles yeah. in the Sky being one of the classic ones that I absolutely adore. Yeah. Um, or, um, going are, also. Are you, are, you, yeah. are, you gonna,
0: are you gonna add tanookis flying with their testicles to, uh, to Fracture? Look, I, th- I feel like they'd fit right in
1: look there are some aspects of Jubilee that i absolutely adore and some that can <laughs> bog off <laughs> watching the two kids slowly die radiation poisoning is not my idea of fun i'm putting it out there it's a great film no, but right. oh my god
0: no. <laughs> i mean i didn't even bring up Grave i was talking about Tot- uh, not a uh, totoro oh god no. which one is it with the tanookis
1: i can't pom- remember it's one yeah, of pom- the pom- ones
0: Pompoko's the pig no that's porco Rosso. maybe it's pompoko
1: it's Pompoco because that's the one with the fish girl um, Porco Rosso.
0: No, is a- no, no, that's
1: Ponyo. Oh, dear God. See, so there's a lot of skippy films where I go, you know what, it's grand, it's not my thing. Like, give me Porco Rosso any day, that's an incredible film. Give me Mononoke, give me Spirited Away, give me Castles, give me all of the ones where you go, the scope and the idea and the vision is just incredible. And the mm-hmm. ones where you go, it's a fucking kids movie. <laughs> sometimes you do, and that's okay. Yeah. They're allowed to have different output, they're a studio. Um but yeah, if you think in the vein of castles and in the vein of Porco Rosso, you're not far off. Fracture, honestly, in terms of the wider world, potentially, as they get closer to it, but they're not there yet. Like we are steering into some interesting modernity that I'm really excited to start playing around in with these characters, but we haven't quite got there yet.
0: Uh, hmm.
1: Nice. Well, I'm I'm excited to. Oh, and a really obvious Star Wars riff. Like oh, an insanely correct. obvious Star Wars where if I went, you know what, it's Star Wars, and I am owning it. I love Star Wars. I loved it as a child, loved it forever. Modern stuff. Ugh, come and go on. But the stuff that's here is the classic. When I was a kid, this scared the shit out of me. And when I was a ah. kid, I loved this and felt super inspired by it. Like when I was seven, like mm. we're talking a lifetime ago, and I wanted to tap into that like, because Star Wars has become this kind of huge multinational conglomerate Disney-fied Thing. And there are elements of it I absolutely love. Like Mandalorian's great. Other things are not. So <laughs> the ability to go, but this is like that bit of it when I was a kid that made me go, I love this. This is so spooky and scary mm-hmm. and weird. And it's, 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 I've never seen anything like it because, of course, science fiction when I was seven was not like that. So
0: is it yeah. the cave? Remember your experience
1: at the cave. No, it's not Shivers down my spine, but no, it's not that. It's, um, it's the first time you see Darth Vader properly.
0: Yeah, you go, yeah.
1: Not only is that guy friggin' huge, it's you see this insane. Like, take out all of the historical reference of how many times we've seen Star Wars, and just think of that first moment. There's a firefight in a corridor, people dying left and right. It's scary and violent, and you don't know quite what's going on. And someone just walks through it.
0: That was one of my favourite things about Rogue One is that all these mm. and all these years later, where Darth Vader has become a bit of a Joke yeah. and less scary because yeah. we've seen his backstory and we know how mm. flawed he is, but also everyone knows that I am your father and this mm. meme all the time. Rogue One took it back to that scene, reminding you of how terrifying Vader could
1: be. Absolutely. Um, have you played Fallen Order?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: The fi- I mean, spoilers for Fallen Order, but the final fight in Fallen Order. Oh my God. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He kills. He kills your friend, like that, done. You try and run away, and he's literally tearing the floor up around you, crushing walkways so you can't cross them, as you desperately try to run away, because if you don't, he kills you, immediately. There's no, oh, he might be, oh, there's a boss fight. No, no, this is a run the fuck away. He is a rolling ball of destruction, and it's your job to go. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's that kind of vibe. I haven't quite done that with this character yet, but I will at some point. It's that sense of this person is is very fucking dangerous. And not dangerous in the sense of, oh, he could just crush you in an instant because that's part of it. But more of a, once the will is set in place, there's not much you can do. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, there's um...
0: that too. I don't know if you've watched uh, this is complete tangent it's not mm. d d related at all uh, we watched the, the latest Jurassic Park film that came out last oh, year no, and no one went to see um, no. but they <laughs> they tried to make raptors scary again by making them this like once they have latched onto you and they've got the scent that's it they will just keep coming and it, it just they only use it in that one scene and it's just like uh, okay you've nope
1: the She's
0: last raptors now the
1: last one i watched ended in an auction i want to say mm-hmm. where super villains from around the world were bidding on dinosaurs to be their new like yeah you went what kind of dr evil bullshit is this yeah. <laughs> this is so stupid what happened
0: well, my my favorite thing about the the new jurassic park film and it's dominion is the or hmm. don't domination Do- domain the last one i saw okay. had an a
1: in the title that's for all i remember
0: oh uh, no yeah uh, is Jurassic Park Dominatrix. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very
1: different film. i think a T-Rex in, in thigh highs. <laughs> <and meow. laughs>
0: I mean, the, the, Rule 34. Someone's made it. Probably. Um, is it 34? Is, or 32? Yeah, 34. 34. 34, yeah, yeah. That is complete side... <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. my favourite thing about the latest Jurassic Park film is that it's dumb. It's so stupid. It's a bad film, but... But they've finally done the. Actually, it's very entertaining to watch and rip apart with someone else while you watch it.
1: Oh, I see. They've gone out the other end. They've gone out to it's Yay. so dumb to watch that you're enjoying tearing it to pieces yeah. while you're watching it. Yeah, I
0: don't. I don't know if it was intentional, but also, there it, it is.
1: is. You can't yeah. watch Fast and Furious unironically. Yeah, I just enjoy this because of the muscles in the cars. You know, it's a parody of itself, right? Yeah. Please yeah. tell me you understand that this is a parody of its yeah. of its own failings. Yeah, like. At one point, Vin Diesel jumps out of a flying car to catch someone and then falls them into another car and you just go, I, I, even, even Bond movies had some, some, even during the Roger Moore era had some element of verisimilitude and this has none. This is just abject nonsense now, (laughs) but it's fun nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. What's that Leonard Nimoy quote from the Simpsons episode he's in? The following tale of Alien Encounter is true, and by true, I mean false. It's all lies, but they're entertaining lies, and in the end, isn't yep. that the real truth? The answer is no. <laughs> Our story begins <laughs> and just
0: starts straight in. How do you remember that quote so perfectly? When I mean, Simpsons, great, was, good good. When Simpsons yeah. was good. When Simpsons was good.
1: And also, yeah. that quote is a really good guiding principle for anything. <laughs> mm. So, you know speak. me my memory's like a fucking lock. yeah it's, it's yeah, yeah. really annoying i can't get rid of stuff like that, <laughs> that it just time. keeps I like
0: haunting me and popping up at the you, moment you, at least Joe, having, the,
1: having the kind of memories like i do where things genuinely haunt me for absolutely years because i cannot get rid of them is the absolute worst it has wonderful good sides really really good sides obviously but um yeah that is a genuine thing
0: Well, I uh, I did have a segue about a minute ago, but I've lost it now. <laughs> uh, and the segue was was going to be, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of parodies that are hopefully still fun and entertaining. I feel so laboured now.
1: You know, um, if you'd done it live at the time, I think I would have still given you the, like, nice sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you built into it.
0: Yeah, well, the, the lost, issue you is is Chris in it, that as you told it. Y- well I did, but uh, also I went to go and do it. But um, you know, when when a Chris is talking, it's very hard to get in.
1: Anyway, no, I've, no, no you're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> and I, like your husband, talk incessantly. <laughs> Sorry, that husband is also called Chris. This may be an in joke. <laughs> Lots of things to talk about, and then you go, can I? Uh... <laughs>
0: I had a sentient point, but it's okay.
1: Sorry.
0: Anyway, uh, Mm. Nexus. Marnies.
1: Nexus. Money. Lovely money.
0: (laughs) We should talk about money. We're about Mm. 10 minutes left. we to talk about money. Sure. Where did did the idea for Marnies come from?
1: Um, I wanted to do something connected to our past. I wanted to have a character that was specifically connected to something that we had done story-wise. I like Echo Knights. I think they're very cool. Um, I wanted to find a way to play an econite that didn't feel that didn't feel like it was just I have this cool thing that I summon and it does a thing. I wanted there to be an element of what what is this echo because in um, in Alexandria uh, where it's from in it's, from, it's a critical role campaign class, um, it's specifically to do with Dunamis and um, fate and other, um, other versions of yourself that may or may not have come. Like there's a there's a whole story beat behind Echo Nights that feels very um, meaty and rounded and well told. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist in Faerun at all. And you can you could just use the same concepts and go, ah. and it would be absolutely fine. But I was thinking about it and went, but what if there's a connection to one of our backstories that means the class makes sense? And the gloom came to mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. And okay, and then I made a conscious effort not to overthink it. A lot of my characters are quite detailed, complicated breakdowns of things we've done and ideas and so on, and often quite a lot of backstory and and stuff. I thought, you know what? I want to play a quote unquote, normal person. I want to play someone who has had a thing happen to them. It was not nice. They didn't like it. So they moved. (laughs) (laughs) The The most classic of hero things, what happened? Oh, our town was attacked and you stayed and fought them? No.
0: No, no. No, I protected my
1: family, and then we went, this is clearly a bad place, and went somewhere else. The idea that this is someone with an element of normalcy, because when you you presented the campaign document and said, this is what I want to do, you did describe it in this kind of, this is your job. There's almost a humdrum workman-like attitude to... We're just doing odd, which comes from the Half-Life, I understand, and all these ideas. Like it's just we're,
0: a, we're just doing science.
1: We're just doing science, just another day in the office kind of stuff. Everyone wanted to make a character that wasn't your classic hero who was searching for the answers. More of a like, I oh, just this is my job. I, I guard things and I've moved to a new city and I couldn't find a job and here's a job, so I'm, I'm doing it. Like keeping it quite simple and quite quite static so that the story could develop out of things that happened in the adventure, not here's the stuff I've brought with me. I conscious yeah. effort to go away from that kind of thing because it's what I tend to do and go, Well, try something a yeah. bit different. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And yet, we've still managed to find uh, some really lovely story moments oh. for Marnie's
1: episode four coming up on Monday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I will say it again Ali is incredible
0: mm-hmm. when it
1: comes to finding edge cases and incredible at going, How can I find yeah. the thing? and yeah, yeah, what an incredible player! Love playing with Ali. Um, well,
0: we'll talk about it more next week yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the post-show wrap-up. I am exactly. sure. But for the it. time being,
1: like having the ability to think about, okay, what is this creature? It's a shade from it's a shade from the negative energy playing, Going, this person seems great. Like <laughs> that's all it is. And going, but how would they feel? And how would how would the complication between these two people get there? How do they try and communicate? Thinking all of that through, and then having other players go, talk to me about that. Let's engage with that like we've always been a company that's really really good at going give me your give me your stuff let's talk about your stuff let us share your stories and make this a bigger thing we can all enjoy um and i felt very much as a player like that was the the other players around me were going let me help tease this out. This feels like a good story beat to tease out. And it was nice that it wasn't this over-dramatic, I had a twin who died, which was the first thought my mind went to. And then I went, no, 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 no. Keep it real simple. Keep it super simple. I was in Boulders Gate. It got attacked by shadows. Really sucked. I saw dead bodies. I didn't like it. So I went, my, me and my parents decided to leave. And this shade just tagged along. Just went, I'm coming along. Yeah. Like, I wanted that sense of, bizarro normalcy
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. no huge yeah. backstory hero reveal let me tell you what happened none of that we didn't need it um...
0: well that's, that's the and I, I feel it like, I mean I've had this conversation um, off air I think with Nick so mm. and I can't remember if I've had it on air so please forgive me if this is repetitive <laughs> but um, one of the things I, I like about the the world that our version of Faerun is that we've had these big events that a lot of the campaigns do affect the world in small ways and then we've had a couple here and there that even if you weren't in that city you probably would have heard about it there would have been bards singing the news along the roads absolutely so these are like what happened in Baldur's Gate and what happened at the end of Sea of Swords with the um, mm. with Eolian collapsing into the mountains, the plague going on in Neverwinter. These mm. are all things that will affect the day-to-day lives of uh, of ordinary citizens as well as the big heroes that go out and fight stuff. But those are the events that also create heroes as well. I mean, I obviously created Sarah out of, off yes. the back of... Uh, Gloom Falls as well because I thought it was a really good jumping off point for
1: mm, yeah.
0: stories of normal people. To I mean, Sarah's not exactly a normal person, but
1: well, uh, D and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, normal people turned into a main character.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that a lot. I think we have a, I think we all have a tendency when making characters to go, "Who is this hero I have made? What is their journey? What is their arc?" Because the hero's journey is so ingrained into us conceptually that. The ability to go no no just a person who was in the wrong place at the wrong time and now therefore i th- think that's i think that's quite spicy yeah. i think the ability to go actually we've made a world that is so congruent that we have the ability to go these things affect other people these things are part of a wider conversation about how the world sits in and of itself and yeah i was very pleased to make money like that and i felt like it was nice with having another um, dwarf in the party, with Nick going up yeah. playing a dwarf cleric as well, and the ability to go well. There's some shared backstory, but it's not like, oh god, we have this huge epiphany. No, just cleric that I knew. Like it's really simple. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. need to go into too much detail. And then also having Nick go up just to work a workaday cleric. There's no, there's no like big reveal. It's just solid stout, which meant we could yeah. do the solid stout dwarf thing, which is always great
0: fun. Yeah, so. yeah. You have some lovely moments of yeah. being mutually outraged.
1: <laughs> mutually outraged dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what have you done to this place? Do we share the story? I think we share the story. Um, I had a different accent for Marnie prepared, and uh, when we came into the recording of the first episode, Nick said, "Oh God, I'm doing Irish. I'll keep falling out of it." And I went, "That's right. I'll do Irish too." Though we were fine, <laughs> and I think it helped. My Irish is a bit floaty, but
0: it helped until I introduced an NPC that spoke in
1: a West Country accent. They're so similar. Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. West Country is also one of my go-tos for... Um, yeah, yeah. I slip into it really, really easily because I had a player character who was West Country for four years? Well-practiced. Yeah. Very well-practiced, yeah. Used it a lot, a lot. and um, That was a character who was also relatively talkative, so there was an awful lot of like character, um, lines spoken in character that meant that mm-hmm. snapping back into it is super easy. But that character also was a druid barbarian with wild-shaping barbarian Rages, nice. it was it was a lot. <laughs> we, M did say I'm starting a lot of things quite high now. <laughs> I think at level seven I had something like we worked out. Like if I just watched it a few times and raged all the time, I had like hundred and forty hit points.
0: That's disgusting.
1: It is a gruesome multiclass that I would not recommend putting your DM through. <laughs> <laughs> what happens now? Well the tank absorbs everything and then we move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. And it
0: was interesting. Uh, I, I mean, again, I'm a relatively new DM, especially for D&D, and looking at um, like difficulties of encounters
1: hmm.
0: where we have some incredibly squishy people in the party. Yes. And then we also have Marnie's, who has 70 hit points, yeah. at level five, is six. very hard to hit. At level six now, yeah, uh, it's very hard to hit, and Sorry. also essentially has two goes every round.
1: Mm, it's not quite how the Echo works. You have what? an effective turn and a half. Yeah. Um, you can double your movement and, theref- and teleport between them, so there's a lot of stuff like that. It is often thrown about as a multi a bit broken, because it's a bit a bit OP. Um, I think there are elements of it that are a bit OP, I'm not going to lie, I think there are elements of it where I, as a player, go, mm, it's a bit broken, but it doesn't feel broken to the extent where it doesn't sit alongside other characters pretty neatly.
0: No. Like, this, this was not a, a criticism and a mm, oh no okay, extreme outlier, um, but uh, but yeah I kind of got to the point where I was like I'm just going to embrace that uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have a little combat and it probably won't be that challenging but it's fine. Um,
1: um, okay, there were some combats in there been some episode two combat with the, um, the Dibb- oh dibs yeah with dibs I found that quite challenging. That was yeah. a lot of there was a lot going on and a lot of yeah. things where we didn't quite know what to do. I mean, Divics are nasty because they go into something, and then go out of something, and then that can be a huge pain to deal with. Um yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with challenging, maybe not necessarily from a gameplay but from a, like an emotional perspective in some places. And um there was still some like, do I hit this thing now or do I go over there and hit that thing now kind of challenge that worked quite nicely as well. Also, you use things that have a lot of like shut down party mechanics, like Slytherin Trackers in the first episode. Famously very good, because if they can attach themselves to something, half the damage goes to the person you're hitting, so you're hurting your own player character, and outside of some games it is relatively normal to go, I don't want to – oh, I can't hurt my fellow PC, that's a bad thing, I shouldn't do that. So you try and find a thousand different ways of dealing with the problem, like Ali putting his hand behind it and trying to thunder wave (laughs) it off Nick. Like That's a classic, like, I don't want to hurt my party member. I will bend the rules, DM please, I don't want to hurt my partner, that's what they're saying. They're going, I don't want to hurt my yeah, partner, yeah. desperately don't want to hurt them. And um, Dibbq's also have something like that, where you, it doesn't matter how many times you hit the thing, as long as Dibbq gets out and gets into something else, it's never going to die. Okay. Yeah, yeah just keep going forever, so it's, it's, that's wear down combat. Um, I think CR is a horrible conversation, because it's so... There are CR 18 things that I've killed parties with at level 10. Yeah. Because sometimes their abilities are ridiculous, and because CR balancing is incredibly difficult. I don't begrudge the game designers the fact that CR is all over the place, because it's impossible. Um, a lot of it is experience. Mm. You run a monster once go, cool, that's a lot harder than it looks. Or uh, you run a monster once and go, that was piss easy, I need to put 20 more of them in kobolds. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They're just oh, so God. pathetic, bless them. But pack tactics oh. and suddenly lots of them, they can stack up really quickly. Yeah.
0: Um, we, we we've run out of time. Oh' what a surprise look at that mm. uh, Is there anything else you would like to say before we wrap up talking about
1: We had a big thing at the beginning of this conversation that I think we said all we need to say on I think just reiterating that maybe um a, uh, is there a way of putting this into a cogent simple short <laughs> That's very hard. Vox
0: pops, little little. Yeah, business. I know. Yeah, it's and, and, it's, it's all not, difficult, and I'm not good at that yeah. side of the
1: internet. I never have been, but I think it is fair to say that what's here a company first, and will behave as such, and that's some bullshit right now because that's not where they how they got here but from my experience, that is how they behave. I mean, again, other creatives have voiced how they've behaved towards them and it's not great because they don't really care about people, they care about the company, that's their job. And all of this, all of it, all of the how are we gonna tell people about the OGL, how are we gonna tell people about this and and that, has been mishandled, clearly in the last couple of days it's turned into a misinformation war which is, is even worse because now we don't know who to trust and I, I feel like i can't trust anybody which is nobody's fault that's just because misinformation does that it makes no, it makes everything untrustworthy um i don't think it's a good time to be lamb- lambasting people about anything what, what's the point what are you doing all you're doing is adding your voice to a group of people going, I'm angry with the coast. Good. I think we all are.
0: We don't and have all the information yet no. to be accurate about that anger.
1: No, we don't. I think the anger is probably justified, but beyond that, I don't have anything else. And if you're angry, do the things that hurt them. It's money. Cancel your subscriptions. Don't go see their movies. Keep do the playing. most
0: punk thing you can do. Keep telling stories and playing amongst your friends. Exactly.
1: Tell your stories. If you need to start calling rangers, woodsman, <laughs> whatever. Like, we'll work it out if we need to, it's fine. Yeah. And I think the whole community will work it out if we need to, we'll get there. I don't know what it's going to be or how it's going to function. And my heart goes out to anyone who is looking at a loss of livelihood, especially in a cost-living of crisis in the UK. We'll keep doing what we can to support as many people as we can, well, as we've always done. And in the end, it just makes me sad and i think it just makes a lot of people sad and i don't think that's a good time to start trying to assign blame yeah sure yeah.
0: well on that slightly uh slightly down note no keep telling stories keep being wonderful people <laughs> keep being silly beautiful selves that yeah. that you are that's keep-
1: great for that Keep telling yeah. your funny, interesting, silly stories and legal stuff pff, will sort it out.
0: History of the world is artists making art and then people who are good at money, good at money, coming in and saying, This is how you could be making lots of money from it. Let me sort that for you and ruining it.
1: But you didn't people, want to end on a down note. That will be the down. But, but <laughs> oh, I'm sorry,
0: people don't stop telling stories. Because it's what we do. It's a fundamental part of who we are.
1: That is a nice point to end on.
0: <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us for <laughs> the to talk together. You'll find us here every Friday from 6 or 7 p.m. GMT uh, or 10 a.m. PT, PSD. Uh, every Friday, it's usually our talk show, which is either this or talking as a free action or our post-show roundups, which is what it will be next week. Mm-hmm. so that's, that's Fridays and then Mondays and Tuesdays we play our D&D games and on Mondays we're currently playing Nexus Nexus the finale is this coming one day um, I, I had a lot of fun uh, I think the players did too really I-
1: well DM'd like DM to DM proper kudos you pulled the wool over our eyes expertly gorgeous <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, come come see what that's about on on Monday, six till mm, just after nine pm. Uh do apologise, we run Um And then Tuesday we have uh, not fracture
1: this week. Oh no, it is fracture next week. It's the week after. Is it January has five weeks up till
0: Tuesday? Ah, there you go. Oh. Okay, so uh, so we've got fracture next Tuesday, and then the following Tuesday we have a special one shot that uh, is DM'd by Sean. Uh, find out more about that coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, great do that come join us watch all of those Uh, you can watch it here which might be twitch.tv forward slash Roll Together RPG or you can watch it here which might be YouTube Roll Together RPG or you can listen to it here which might be a podcast app of your choice Um, and you can find it in all of the other ones that you're not Consuming this content on, I hate the word content. Um, or you could find us on socials, Roll Together RPG. Thank you once again to our Patreon. You're all wonderful, wonderful people. You too could join them uh, from as little as one of your local currencies per month. Chris has been practicing. You go. That's a heart shape. Well done. <laughs> Thank really you punched again. up in the
1: face, so you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how much you love our D20 club.
1: A cat you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to
0: all our sponsors and supporters and uh, take care. Goodbye. Stay, stay classy at the table. Stay classy at the table.
1: Sure, why not? <laughs>